0: And there you were, walking away from five. Your steps are not as lively like other stations as you slowly approach the part of the skeet field that stirs anxiety, raises blood pressure, and dumps cortisol. This hallowed station that serves as a grave for so many skeet shooters prematurely assume scores. The pad where lies the hopes of countless 25s, 100s, 400s, and 500s, all dashed by the word loss, and muddy by a four-letter word. The place where the dreams of ascending to the podium of our sport's greatest tournaments were broken. Unlike your target. Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Ski Shooter Society, we're talking about Station 6. So, uh, Victoria, something our listeners may have noticed is we've each stuck to covering the facets of each target that we like to stress. You've talked about the guidelines that the NSSA... Uh, teaches its certified instructors and things like diagnosing common mistakes and how you would help a student of yours. I've talked, uh, I've spent a lot of time in our podcast talking about the eyes, not just where to look, but how to look, um, how to acquire targets and the move needed to match the speed and break it, just because that's something that I've had to learn on on my own. We haven't spent as much time on the mental approach yet. But this opening was the best way I could think of to begin this podcast on six because this is, quote unquote, the station that a lot of people fret about the most before even beginning their routine, which they've done countless times.
1: Um, Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure we've all been there. I know I have been there. Station six and you're still straight, whether you're going for 25 or 100, you get up on the station and you're shaking and you're, you know, thinking, oh my God, what happens if I miss? Oh my God, what if it's a high six? That would be so embarrassing, right? At least low six is manly. Um, But at that point, really, we've just got to get down to focusing and relaxing. And that's what we're going to start off with talking about before we get to the fundamentals.
0: Yeah. So before we even talk about high six, something we can do is just pull back the veil and Take away some of the fear from station six. Uh, me sitting here talking into my microphone about how you should just be confident. It's just another target, um, stuff like that won't help you. Uh, I've had to think about this for a bit, but I came up with a handful of reasons why some may dread six with the hopes that talking about them will help you recognize them and start to view the station as just four more targets thrown from the same two machines, just standing on a different pad on the field so we start with high six it's a long slow income emerging emerging from above our head i call it a fairly comfortable target then as you turn to to the right after breaking the high you now have to tackle the devil incarnate, low six i remember an old youtube video asking what's the secret to low six as if it's a part of a game that's equivalent to discovering the meaning of life or what the stock stock market will do next um The reason why too many view this as a demon blocking the path to the finish line is partly how the sequence is ordered. We're visually sedated by the longer duration incomer with the high house. It's slow and relaxing. Um, Then we have to move to an extremely controlled move on the low house that is perceived to be lightning fast, uh, a flash of orange that you barely see till the end as a clear clay target it's uncomfortable to the point that it only appears as a clay target at the end of the shot um, lost unless the the stages of the shot are all executed correctly and in order uh, for a target over a small amount of time compared to high Mm 6.
1: And whether you're missing a high 6 or low 6, the key is to just focus, just look at it. So when you're going through here like he said you know you have to execute every stage of the shot well you have to do that for every single target so if you've done it correctly up until this point there's no reason you can't do it correctly again so all you have to do is focus on what you're doing and just just look at it
0: yeah and i pile on top of that is since we're close to the end of the round. Thoughts about your score if you clear the rest of the box are more likely to be running through your mind if you're than if you're on, say, three. I'm just going to break this misconception because as you're getting ready to walk on a six, you have the four targets, high, low, and the pair. Then you have station seven, which has another four targets. Then station eight, which is three targets because we're always being positive because we're going to run the box. So six, seven, and eight have 11 targets total. 11, mm-hmm. 11 out of 25 is 44% of the round. So when we when we think we're almost done as we strut over to six, there still remains nearly half of the round left. You're not almost done. I'm going to take a pause for a second to let those numbers sink in.
1: Yeah. And say you are straight up until this point. When you step on station six, think of it this way. You only have an 89 you've only hit 89 of those targets. You still have to hit 11 more in order to get that 100 straight. Okay. Once you step yeah. off of there, I mean, you've only got a 93, right? You've still got seven left.
0: Yeah. And let's say you get careless, take your eyes off, say, high seven, which mm-hmm. I, I've done more than once this year. Um, but uh, um So going back to station six, I'll add some more. We also have the background playing more of a factor. We talked about in our previous podcast on station five, how establishing your look point for the low house can be cluttered by the ground, grass, uneven ground stakes, broken targets as compared to high three, because our look point is up in the sky and it doesn't have anything other than maybe a cloud or a tree. If you're in that part of the country, which you and I are not, we both live in desert states. So on low six, you have this background cluttering, your look zone, still coupled with the type of hard angle we experience on high two, and that feeling of being close to the low house where it takes so little generated lower body movement to initiate and stay in front of the target. And I'm sure plenty of you will say that there are are the final set of quote unquote hard targets. Mm. Yeah, I hate
1: that term. I don't think that they're any harder than any of the other targets.
0: Yeah, I'd say at best, um, there aren't any hard targets. There are just less easy targets. Um, But anyway, (laughs) so you might be nodding. Our listeners might be nodding their heads, realizing that some of these apply to what you've mentally, uh, uh, the misconception you've had. um, um, So... These are just differences that make Station 6 different. Um, they can be more difficult for you if you don't have the proper setup. Um, but in the end, they're just more targets that you've shot countless times before, and you're going to do countless times more.
1: Mm-hmm. And all you have to remember is that you know your eyes are doing the work here. So all you have to do is look at the targets. Just go to your hole point, get your eyes set at your look point, ball pull, and just look at it. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. And getting a, uh, talking about the positives, once you realize these differences, there are no longer some ethereal entity in the back of your mind as you go through each round. As you spend more time on six, um, you'll realize that these don't make it harder. It's just another station. Those two machines in the house haven't moved since the start of the round. You just walk to the other side of the field and your approach to these targets and your execution will determine if your score um, is either a slash or some zeros.
1: Yep. And you can always think of it this way. I mean, everybody has favorite targets on the field. Uh, I really like to shoot high two and low six. Those are some of my favorite. So when I get to station six, I'm like, oh, yay, I get to shoot low six. It's one of my favorites. So maybe you particularly like low six or high six, or you like doubles and you're happy to shoot doubles again always think about what you like to do on station six
0: yeah being left-handed and left-eyed dominant myself as uh, six, six uh, used to cause some issues for me just because it wasn't as visually comfortable as the other side of the field but uh, um, once you figure out how to approach it it really does become another station but again there's that caveat uh, once you learn to approach it so um, that's where we say coaching, whether it's having someone there with you, whether it's someone there virtually, someone giving you tips or listening to to, to 20-somethings or on a podcast, um, hopefully something will uh, click in your mind. Um, just that one little tidbit of information that can take your break average from um, missing a few every 400 targets to missing a handful every year.
1: Yep. And you'll see that will really help raise your averages once you can do that. So that'll be something you'll enjoy.
0: Yeah. So now that we've gotten started, talk to us about high six and how an an SSA instructor would guide a new pupil to.
1: Right. So high six and low six, the whole station, you get your feet set. Righties, you're going to put your belly button in the low house window. Lefties, you're going to put your belly button in the high house window. For high 6 you're going to be holding one-third of the way between the window and the center stake. So that's 21 feet off the window. You're going to be looking about halfway back for your look point, And you're going to, and I just call pull, track across the field. And the technical lead for it is like a foot and a half, two feet.
0: Okay. And I'd say on your initial setup, as you're mounting the gun and setting your eyes, I would be aware of how much you're taking in visually. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm always looking at the the targets of the shooter in front of me to see how they're flying, especially if they're a little high, flat, or even sinking a bit. Um, Don't don't get discouraged. Just prepare for yours to be similar. If your high six leaves the house and it's way up there, then you will need to set your eyes so that they're relaxed Mm -hmm. enough to take in that area above the house, above the field. So you can begin your move to have the target merge into your gun, move at the same speed of your gun and and your body. And that's when you'll pull the trigger. You won't even need to do this consciously because once you get the right feel and the right quote unquote sight picture, you'll pull the trigger automatically. I kind of call that the autopilot. So same goes for flat and sinking targets. If your eyes aren't taking in the space where the target is, you will lose that connection and it will be a miss. It only takes a fraction of a second for your eyes to lose that connection for it to dip down low or go up way too high where you lose it in your eyesight and frankly put it's over at that point. So um, just make sure your (laughs) eyes are set and relaxed enough to take it in.
1: Mm -hmm. And you can always adjust your hold point. Like if you know it's going to come out and it's going to be high, if it's consistently high, raise your hold point up. If it's consistently low, go ahead and lower it down. You don't want it to get too high above your barrel or too low below your barrel. It's just hard to make a move up or down. So do, you know, use your brain when you're shooting. Say, oh, shit, it's really high. And go ahead and raise your hold point.
0: Yeah, there's a very minimal amount of movement um, or a very minimal movement shot where a main reason for our lost targets, other than what we've talked about, is when you've called pull, you either started moving before seeing the target, which you might not even know you're doing, which makes this problem so insidious. You almost need someone next to you telling you so, or listening to a podcast and considering, hey, maybe that high six I missed the other day was caused by me moving before actually seeing it.
1: Yeah,
0: or perhaps you generate too much body movement in the beginning when the target is still on the other side of the field. And as Mm -hmm. I, yeah, go ahead.
1: I call that the rabbit chihuahua. So you don't want to be a rabbit chihuahua when you shoot high six. Instead, you want to be a stoner. So you want to make sure that you're plenty high when you're shooting station six. And that's that applies to both the mental game and the target. So if you're sitting there and you're set up. And you get all excited, you're nervous, and you do just like Matt said, and you generate way too much speed, and you jump out in front of it, whether you take off before you even call pull, or you really just, like, throw the gun. We call that a rabbit chihuahua. That's bad. It's going to put you in front of it. You're going to stop the gun. The target's going to blow past you. You're going to end up shooting behind it, or you might try and swing through it. Uh, We don't want to do that. Instead, we want to just wait for it, maybe set up, and then open your eyes Well. Okay, so I close my eyes when I set up, but once you're set up and you're at your look point, just say to yourself, just look at it, and then call bull, and when the target comes out, just look at it, don't panic, none of the rabbit chihuahua jumping, nice and smooth, if you're looking at that target, it's flying very smooth, so your gun's going to move very smooth.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting way to instruct on ski, rabbit chihuahua and stoner. Yep. Yeah. So the as I wrote these notes, um, I was thinking a lot of this advice can be applied to other targets, but the solution is often the same. Just slow down and wait to see the target. You have way more time than you think your gun, assuming you have a decent hole point, it's already starting out way in front. So you don't need to be explosively fast and a common a reason for missing all these longer incomers, whether it's high 6, low 2, high 5, low 3, high 7, low 1, in addition to many other outgoer targets, um, is as soon as you call pull and you saw that little flash, you just move way, way too much. Um, especially on high high 6 especially, it's just um, the gap, which don't look at the gap, look at the target, but you will be aware of it in your site picture. It's so little here. Um, And because of that, this target requires so little movement. So um, just go through through a checklist. Um, If you're wondering how could I miss that target the other day, last weekend, perhaps you made one of these mistakes. Mm
1: -hmm. What I've seen most commonly as far as people missing high six is because they're thinking about it and then they make a mistake. It's like, oh my God, I'm on station six, and then you just miss. And so that's that's a really good way to ruin your score.
0: Yeah, so another note for high six is me, especially being left-handed and left left-hand eye dominant. The gap between the target and my barrel at the break point is very little. And I hate talking about lead and we don't want you actively looking for it or measuring, but you'll have some awareness as a general feel. And for some reason, you might wander into old, unhelpful habits and measure, put X amount of lead. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're new and if you've, you've listened to a lot of club shooters saying, oh, it's only two feet of lead, 1.5 feet of lead, um, that's... You can kind of tell those who might not be aware of how to instruct properly. Um, I would say keep away from measuring, giving that kind of advice. Um, it's a it's a minimal gap. Um, it's something you feel. It's not something you're always looking for. It's just it's more of a sight picture that you're aware of and not actively looking at. It's the target we want to we want to be staring at because that's how we uh, match gun speed to target speed perfectly. And it's the difference between someone that ink balls a target with a 28 or 410 and someone who cracks his target into three, four pieces with a 12 gauge ounce and an eighth shell.
1: Mm, I love that feeling blowing it up with a 410. It's just like, Oh yeah, look at that. That's a so pretty. Yeah. Um, but have I ever told the story of My shooting, I started shooting with a patch on my glasses, and then I took it off.
0: Um, I don't believe you have. I know it's been over a month since we've done our last podcast, but go ahead and tell it.
1: Okay, because it's actually relevant to what he was just saying. So when I first started shooting, I didn't work with a coach. I just kind of shot. And I didn't work with a coach until I had been shooting for like, I don't know, four or five years and so i had already been to the world shoot i had already run titles and stuff like that i was doing quite well but when i first started no one told me you weren't supposed to look at the lead everybody all the club shooters would say oh yeah this one has one foot of lead this one has four feet of lead and so i was looking at the spacing between the target if you are looking at the spacing between the target you have two targets and you have two barrels if you're looking at the barrels you have two targets if you're looking at the target you have two barrels seeing all this I was like okay well how am I supposed to do that so I would close my left eye that made everything come into one picture I had a barrel I had a target and I had a space in between so I said oh that must be how you do it well I got caught closing my left eye they said what's the matter with you I said well there are two targets if I keep both eyes open they said oh you're crossed on Nobody at this point checked my dominance, nothing like that. They just said, oh, you're crossed on And by this point, I was working with a, and I'll use this term loosely, a coach. It was an SCTP coach, but, or 4-H maybe, I don't even remember. But it wasn't, I wasn't part of his team. I was just working with him on the side. And so he taped my glasses and I was like, okay, I still have my one picture that must have been the problem. I'm going through my whole life thinking I'm cross eye dominant. Everybody, anytime they'd run an eye test on me, they'd say, you're right, eye dominant. I'd say, obviously, that's not the case. I was 20. So this was eight years into my shooting. This was four years ago. I'm 20. I'm sitting in the level two instructor course, and they didn't teach this in the level one. So that's one thing that I will say. The level one is very basic. The level two is really where you start getting into detail of coaching shooting and I'm sitting in level two and they're sitting there and they're talking about dominance and they're talking about what you're actually supposed to look at and this is the first time anybody had ever told me I'd been shooting for eight years by this point this was the first time anybody had ever told me you're supposed to look at the target and I was like oh and I went back and Buddha had already died at this point so I went to Craig Kirkman's and I said, Craig, I'm going to take this tape off my glasses. And he says, okay. And I take it off and I start shooting and I'm looking at the targets and I'm breaking the targets. And I haven't put the tape back on since. It's good. So that's just my story. So help you guys so, realize how important it is to look at the target. Yeah.
0: So I have a related story. So I started in 09 right before I turned 15. And it wasn't until over a year later in, in 2016, I'm sorry, 2010, when I was 16, um, that I started shooting both eyes open, even though I was not cross dominant and no one told me, Oh, you're supposed to shoot shotguns with two eyes open. You're not supposed (laughs) to look at the lead or be aware of a, a certain amount. And that's why we stress so much to get an instructor, a coach, uh, because especially nowadays, with the cost of shells and targets, you are paying for a massive shortcut. You're paying for information as compared to mm-hmm. year, years of wasted shells and targets, frustration, lower scores that you can skip, that you can bypass with someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, so please, yeah. find an instructor. It doesn't have to be uh, Victoria. It doesn't have to be whatever uh, name in the magazine. It can be someone who is a competent a double a triple a shooter in your area that can convey information and have an idea look at what you're doing so that's what we say get a coach if you if there are parents for you shooters listening to this please don't just go out there and say oh you're behind it you're in front of it please find an an instructor a coach for your youth shooter otherwise it will take so much longer for them to ditch their bad habits if they can even identify that they have any
1: i'll say look for an nssa instructor it can be an associate instructor they take the same course as the level one um just you know just look for that certification because it really is important you know they teach you how to coach not just you know how to shoot, but how to coach? How to convey that information? Um, so even if you have, there are some AAA shooters out there. Alessandro, he knows I love him, but he's got the worst. Like he cannot explain how to shoot at all. He's not a coach. It's probably a very good thing. So
0: we you know, we should we should have him on. So for those of you yeah, who have who, who have written in, uh, thank you for your emails. I did receive all of them. Um, we're going to answer your questions in the next episode, which will be posted right after this. Um, but uh, I, I'm sure we'll get plenty of guests. On uh, Victoria and I have been mm-hmm. talking about this. They will happen sometime in the next year or the next few months when we get once we get done with the stations and some other topics such as practice.
1: Yep, uh, we could, hey, Alessandro would be a good one if anybody has any rules questions. He's on the EC and all that stuff, so that would be good.
0: Okay. So let's get back to the actual topic. Um, Let's finish up high six. So break point also crossed my mind. For those who are riding the target and attempting to break it so close to the low house, uh, what mistakes they're likely making and what would be some of the solutions you would recommend?
1: If they're shooting it that late, it's probably a confidence issue. They're probably measuring it. They probably look and feel a little bit like a sprinkler kind of stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Um, So what I would recommend is make sure that you're seeing the target. Look at the target, nothing else. When you see that it is a target, you get that good, clear. And this one, you can let it come in a little bit further because a lot of people, especially younger people, will see it really early and they'll shoot it on the wrong side of the field. That is just as bad as shooting it too late. So you want to make sure you're shooting it in the break zone. You want to make sure you're shooting it, you know, 10, 15 feet on your side of the center stake. Um, so make sure that you get that good, clear focus. Like, I see it in my focus. I have a very good look at it for a minute, and then I pull the trigger, and that's just because if we shoot it when I see it clearly, it's going to be on the wrong side of the field. Um, So if you're not shooting it fast enough, chances are you're measuring it, you're not looking at it, so make sure that you pick it up clearly. When you walk onto it, you see it's a target, and then you wait to see some defining features of it you know the ridges whatever it is that you see um now if you're not picking it up properly and it's getting past you and you're spinning through then you have either a whole point or a look point issue and you need to fix one of those things
0: that's what i was just about to say their whole point Most likely, if they're an intermediate shooter, their hole point can be a little too close to the high house. So Mm -hmm. um, if you were to, say, adjust your hole point so it is over the rightmost corner of station eight and have your look point be approximately halfway back, uh, make sure that gun is level with the bottom of the window, if not lower, and um, make sure that your soft focus can include uh, the window of the house. Don't look directly at the ha- at the window, but mm. have it about have halfway back. And so in your periphery, you can uh, see that flash come out of the window and then initiate that movement when it's in your low point and slowly let that target merge into your gun. And by the end, as it gets towards your break point at about the halfway stake, maybe two thirds from the low house to the center stake, um, that's when this target will uh, feel as if it's barely moving. And that's, that's, and you'll know you've done something right because you will have perfectly merged gun speed with target speed. When you can, this is an example of quote unquote, slowing down the target.
1: I don't say that was the first time I've ever talked so much that he stopped me from talking. Uh, now I will say one thing that I see a lot of and yeah, it is fine. Move your whole point out if you're sitting at one thirds and it's too close. Move it out. I would say don't go past the center of station eight. Um, try to stay on the left side of it. But what I will say is the most common issue that I see for a high six, people looking in the window. If they're not seeing it come out right, they're looking in the window. And I cannot say it enough. Never look in the window. Just don't do it. It's a horrendous habit. If you're looking in the window you're going to have too much contrast. You won't be able to pick up the target because you won't be able to draw your eyes away from the window. You'll be looking in that black hole, and your eyes will be locked onto that. It's impossible to get a soft focus.
0: Okay. So, high six, we've talked about um, some issues. We've talked about diagnostics and uh, some potential solutions for you to incorporate into uh, your own shooting. So let's move on to low six so let's start off with the nssa approach to low six
1: all right the nssa approach same foot position as the high house what you're going to do now is you're going to take your gun to one third that's parallel so if you're standing at the left corner of station six it's parallel with the usually it's a house a long house parallel with the house or the fence or whatever you want to say and so basically perpendicular to the baseline and then you're going to move out about three feet that's about one third of the way out that's about 21 feet and they want you to be bottom of the window most people cheat up to the top and then your eyes are going to be again halfway back
0: okay so to talk about visuals, I've discussed before with high two, some causes of problems on low six are due to how close you are, your body's proximity to the machine in the low house, and how that hard angle the target flies and relative to where you stand. I'd say these constants will make low six appear fast to your eyes. Um, foot position, um, something, especially if your left hand is sitting on the back left of the pad, And, uh, I've recently been changed to where I'm using the same foot position as high six, but what I've done in the past is that I've uh, had my body, the, the span of my body parallel to the low house. Um, and that's worked fairly well, but, uh, again, uh, these fundamentals are something you really have to tweak on your own because, the little things on targets like high two and low six really matter here. You can get away with a lot on say high seven, but you can get away with a lot less on on this target.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true, and it's a very fast shot, so you're going to acquire it very quickly, and so you're going to need to get that look. You're going to say, "Okay, it's definitely a target," and pull the trigger. There is no riding it like you might have done high six as soon as you see that it is a target pull the trigger
0: yeah and that whole point is incredibly important here so um straight out parallel with the house level with the top of the window and then out left a few feet three feet uh, is what i hear is most recommended um, you can adjust this uh if you f- feel rushed by the target then it may need to come out to the left a little bit more Always adjust by very small increments. Uh, Though, like with high two, your look point here will be the usual suspect to be scrutinized as something that went wrong here. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'll say if your reflexes are faster, you're better off sliding your whole point out a little bit. If your reflexes are slower, you're better off sliding your whole point in a little bit. This is because moving your whole point in is going to give you more time to match the gun speed with the target speed. Sliding it out is often a fix for if you're shooting it too fast, if you're seeing it and you're just taking the shot too fast.
0: Yeah. So, moving up back to the visuals. Low six invokes so much discussion among skeet shooters and on the subject aware look, the amount of answers can be all over the place. Some can look just off to the right side of the barrel with their periphery to catch that flash. Some look Back near the window, more either halfway between your whole point of the window, three quarters of the way back. Some even look right at the window in the window, which I don't think either of us would recommend because by the time you see the flash, the target is so far gone to the left that you will be unable to visually maintain a lock on it, that you will be trying to find it again. And then the amount of time the small amount of time that low six takes from the beginning to finish is so brief that your chances of consistently breaking it will leave you frustrated. It's just not the right approach.
1: And everybody's eyes are going to react different. Um, I am one of those people who keeps it right on the edge of the muzzle. And that just keeps me from freaking out. Cause if I slide my eyes too far back, I'll see that target moving that fast and I'll, I'll freak out. So you want to think about that, too. You know, if you put your eyes so far back, it's going to seem like it's coming out a lot faster. The further you keep your eyes out, the slower it's going to feel. Um, but some people do need that extra time. So they do need to look back a little bit further.
0: Yeah, I'd say regardless of where you look, low six comes out as a rising target. So make sure you're... Your look zone, your, your look point, includes the area above the window because that is where the flight path will be almost 100% of the time. Um, I like to look at the whole area to the right of my barrel to keep the, and keep the edge of the window in my periphery so I can see that flash as it comes out. Again, I don't look at the window. I'm keeping it at the edge of my periphery to catch the flash because seeing it as early as possible is uh, one of the best ways to approach this target. Um, I'd say the best way to describe it is before I mount my gun, my eyes will be looking at the look zone, they'll be relaxed, and they'll stay there as my gun is mounted to the whole point. There's really no need for me to look back and up because my eyes were already there.
1: And that's, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, And that's kind of like the shift on doubles. So basically whenever you shoot the low house. You have your eyes, so you set up, and you have your eyes kind of up, relaxed, everything. When you shoot the low house, if you can practice relaxing your eyes immediately after you shoot the low house, you'll set yourself up for the doubles quite nicely.
0: Yeah. So let's talk more about what happens when you call a pole. You'll see a flash, and you will follow this until it becomes a clear click target, which will only happen near the very end. Despite that orange blur being difficult at first to track, I can't emphasize enough how vital it is to continuously follow it and do not take your eyes off or shift them to the left. You don't need to have young eyes or perfect vision. Keep your eyes back while consistently looking at the flash as it moves towards the center of the field. It will turn into a clay target and you will be matched, I promise, if you do these things.
1: Yep, and keep your eye on the target. If you take your eye off the target, you're not going to hit it.
0: Yeah, A different way I can describe it is it's a trust shot. Call, pull, Mm -hmm. and trust that waiting to see an orange streak and falling will yield a visible clay target merged into your gun. You will feel the target um, has caught up with your barrel quote-unquote and they will be moving in unison perfectly synchronized. When you make this happen, you will pull the trigger which I don't even think I need to say out loud because those who have shot more than a few rounds of skeet, you'll do it automatically. You'll be on autopilot at that point. For any shot on the field, you'll know by feel when you're going to break it. Do the proper move executed. And uh, you don't need to consciously tell yourself to pull the trigger. So talk to us about break points.
1: All right. So break points are really there to set us up for doubles. So the low house, you're going to break it about 10-15 you know, feet before the center stake and guess where you're going to shoot the high house in that same range when you're shooting doubles uh, and singles so that's why we place singles in that spot uh, that is just because that's where you're going to shoot it in doubles so let's not make things more complicated let's have everything be simple we're going to shoot the high house we're going to shoot the low house if we shoot them in those spots it's the exact same shot on the doubles you're just reversing the order and doing it a lot quicker
0: Okay. Yeah. And I say shoot it only when it's in the break zone. Don't be rushing Mm -hmm. the order of the phase in each shot. Some of the most common reasons why low sixes miss uh, can be moving as soon as you call for the target because of nerves Mm -hmm. that, or once you acquire the flash, then you generate so much movement with your body because we interpret this as a fast target visually. And you'll worry that you need to catch up or keep up. Another is you will shift your eyes. You'll move your eyes to the left as soon as you begin the move and you'll lose sight of the target completely. You can also have your eyes too low and lose it because Mm -hmm. this target rises more Mm -hmm. than any other target on the field. And A way that you can diagnose this by yourself is you'll feel like you never saw the target until after shooting it because as soon as you make that mistake, you took your eyes off the flash, the blur, the target... And after mm-hmm. the gun goes off, then you'll see the target clearly flying away to the other side of the field, thinking, what happened? Mm-hmm. So I'd say takeaways, low six, it does not take hardly any gun movement to keep the gun in front of the target because of this angle, like Station 2, is so aggressive. The angle is your friend. So slow down, keep your eyes back to the right, and follow the flash near the breakpoint. As that flash turns into a clay target... Um, it won't appear as a clay target until the very end of the shot. You're watching a blur. You'll feel when your gun and the target have match speed, and you will automatically break the target by pulling the trigger subconsciously. There's really yeah. no, th- yeah, there's no, really no discernible lead, quote unquote, just the front edge.
1: Yeah, technical lead is like six inches. Yeah, so, you can't see that.
0: And then for doubles, we're almost out of time. We got a minute, but I'll say ru- <laughs> rushing. <laughs> Uh, rushing the first target and thinking you don't have enough time is a, is a point of issue on doubles. Another is even if you break the first target, if you move was too erratic and upon recoil you whip the gun too much towards the center of the field, you will blow past the second target due to that explosive and excessive gun speed. Um, issue with the second target, you could also be pulling ahead too much if you hadn't perfectly matched speed. There's too much gap. Um, you maybe make a bad move and you have to swing through just negative things that we want to, we want to work out with a proper first move and then uh, bring out your whole point to to curtail excessive gun speed after that first shot. Um, maybe that's because your whole point was a little too far in close to the low house, but all these little things need to be tweaked your eyes, your whole point, your look point, how you stand, all of them are vital. And this is how you, break almost all the low sixes as compared to say breaking four out of every five. It makes a difference. So we we're almost out of time. Uh, Join us again for our second Q and a.